Welcome back to the Ordinary Saints podcast. Uh, lucky podcast 13, I believe. Something uh, like this that, is, yeah. Yeah. So this is Richard Bonifant, and I'm here with Sarah West. Hello. <laughs> um, and we're continuing to uh, to record at a distance uh, online, but uh, looking forward to bringing you another episode. So as we noted in last week's episode, we're in lockdown at the moment. That's had its challenges for sure. But we were working on a project right up until uh, we went into lockdown, and that was a new video. Uh, we have put out a series of videos, well, a series, I said, we've put out two so far. The idea is it's <laughs> going to be a series, right? Um, and number three is coming, and it was meant to be on the liturgical calendar. Do you want to just update us on where that's at? Yeah, sure. So we had actually already done some filming for that third video, and then the lockdowns hit. And we found that we couldn't access our church buildings. And in order to do the kind of filming we want to do for this video, we decided let's put it on hold because we could either just scrape some stuff together or we could wait and make it the kind of video that we wanted it to be. So that's where we are now. But it's definitely still on the radar. We're thinking about doing that pretty soon because soon we're going to be you know the restrictions are going to be lifted even more but we did put out a post just with some of that information in there in the meantime so we put out uh, an Instagram and a Facebook post on the liturgical calendar and you can find that on our Instagram uh, ordinarysaints.ak or our Facebook which has the same handle. So I was thinking about this because Last week, uh, I was preaching at a church and I used that particular image because uh, as we were coming to the end of the liturgical year, it was just a nice thing to touch on and talk a little bit about. And I guess that's what I wanted to talk about today, because as of Sunday, Sarah, we should all be saying Happy New Year to each other. Indeed, it is the new church year come Sunday. Yeah, the new liturgical year, which is one of these little peculiarities in church tradition. (laughs) that the new year isn't on a fixed date, it's at a more around a time of year, and it always begins with this lead up, the season, the purple season of Advent that leads up to Christmas. Um, so for us here, it's going to begin quite reasonably early this year, actually, in, in November. Yeah, so we're Advent 1, or the first Sunday of Advent, is the beginning of the new liturgical year, and it has currently been, up until this Sunday, year B, Uh, But now we're moving into year C. And of course, the liturgical calendar cycles between three years. So there's A, B, and C, which is probably another good thing to mention, just because that can be kind of confusing sometimes. We assume that year B will be all of a certain year, uh, but actually it does change uh, come the first Sunday of Advent. So yeah, we're moving into year C of our liturgical calendar. And we begin with the season of Advent. So Sarah, what is Advent all about? Well, that's a good question. I was just doing that because basically in these podcasts, Sarah always throws me under the bus with one of these questions. (laughs) And because I was taking the lead this week, I thought I'm going to give her the same treatment. And to pay you back for that, I'll just respond with some vague stuff that we were talking about before. Um, No, we will get into it. Rich and I were just talking about this. What is Advent all about? And of course, it's easy to think back to Sunday school, right? Like, well, for me, at least uh, growing up in the church. And Advent was always a time just before Christmas, right? So we'd always be 
thinking about Christmas, usually we'd be doing crafts, you know, like Christmas cards or preparing for the nativity play, that sort of thing. And so all of Advent was always just about, hey, Christmas is coming soon. Now, that is definitely in the spirit of Advent, but there's so much more to it. And I think Richard and I were really keen to talk about some of this because some of that stuff can sometimes get lost and is really good for us to talk about. Yeah, I can't help myself. You just talked about nativity plays, and I've got to be honest, nativity plays have been a huge part of my life around <laughs> Advent in the last several years, in, in part that now that I'm not uh, in full-time parish ministry, I really miss. So I've uh, actually got a little project on the side I'm working on, which may involve a little uh, stop-motion filming and a retelling of the nativity story. So, hey, that sounds really cool. Yeah, watch the space. There's also another project going on at the moment from Adjust and the Friends of the Cathedral in Parnell, Auckland, which is called the Nativity Project. Now that's running through Advent, so it's going to be ready this coming Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, and it will run through till the end of Christmas. And of course, Christmas isn't just one day. That's another topic we could get to at another time. And so that's another kind of cool thing going on in Advent. And in that theme, we're talking about regeneration so supporting our native uh, flora and fauna here in Aotearoa New Zealand uh, as part of a larger look at uh, climate justice so there are so many parts of climate justice but this is one area we're focusing on which is just recultivation so the reason I say that is because hope is a big theme in Advent isn't it Richard here's me putting you back in the hot seat (laughs) (laughs) yep we we will get to that we will get to that because there are (laughs) There is, there is hope in a whole lot of ways that's expressed around Advent. Um, as you can probably tell, and I say this particularly to uh, all of our listeners in Canada, special shout out to our listeners in Canada. Yep. Um, but here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, a lot of Christmas stuff happens in Advent. And part of the reason for that is because we hit Christmas and we don't really celebrate the 12 days of Christmas in this country. And the reason for that is because it's our summer holidays. That's right. Aotearoa, New Zealand, closes for business in January because it's summer. Boxing Day, uh, December 26th, is a big travel day. Everyone goes away. Or a big shopping day. Or a big shopping day. Yeah, that's the that's the <laughs> other option, of course. That's our kind of equivalent of Black Friday. Black Friday is right. not such a thing here because we don't have Thanksgiving. But yeah, Boxing Day sales are a really big deal. But people tend to go away on their holidays and stay away. And, and there's not so much that thing of continuing the Christmas story over those days following Christmas. So we do it before and it gets a bit tangled up with Advent. Some liturgical purists have a real gripe about that. Would you be one of those liturgical purists, Richard? I am, I am not. I am not. Because <laughs> I, I think these traditions need to flex and change and they need to be contextualised. And New Zealand is doing a recontextualising of, of the Christmas story and how we deal with it and in a way that works for us. And I'm actually all for that. And in fact, there's a very good chance on the afternoon of Advent 1, a Christmas tree will come into our household Same and here. be decorated early. None of us waiting right till Christmas because, again, uh, I'm not going to put up a Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. I need to take it down at the end of Christmas Day because I'm going away on Boxing Day. That makes no sense. So uh, <laughs> I'm all for that sort of thing. But what I do understand about the kind of liturgically pure idea is that Advent does have a whole lot of messages and ideas of itself. And if we rush straight into the celebration of Christmas, we miss out on a lot of the story and symbolism and ideas that's going on in this particular season. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much for us to unpack. And one of the things that we actually wanted to talk about is the apocalyptic themes that resurface or that surface in Advent. And of course, a good example of that is our reading from the New Revised Common Lectionary, which is this coming Sunday from Luke chapter 21, 25 to 36. And of course, if you have a read of that, you'll see that there's some pretty heavy apocalyptic stuff going on there. And of course, the word apocalypse is one that is very close to us at the moment, I think. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Richard? Um, with everything that's going on with COVID, things feel, at times, pretty bleak. And so you come to a reading like this and you think, hold on a second, where did this come from? Why am I reading about the end of the world as it's you know perceived in this text? And where's the hope in that? And how is this going to prepare me for Christmas. So I think, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in Advent and it's probably worth just fleshing some of that out, but also naming that, you know, it's not all just about, hey, baby Jesus is on his way, right? Yeah. And just to pick up on your comment around apocalyptic things like, yes, COVID definitely fits into that category. The other thing I'm acutely aware of at the moment actually is uh, COP26 having yes. just come to an end. And I have a, a number of friends and colleagues and members of my family who felt quite dismayed at what wasn't achieved at COP26. And for them, this is, it's a really big issue. It's something that's really present in their minds and their lives. And because they care about the planet, they care about the younger generations, they care about Earth continuing to have a healthy, happy future for as many people as possible. That level of apocalypticism, the idea of, heck, maybe we really are ruining the planet and we might not have a lot of time left to fix it. It's a, it's a really pressing idea. Yeah, and it's a really tricky idea and theme to hold well. I don't know if you found this, Richard, but just talking more generally about the end of the world, whether or not that's in part or in full, talking about climate justice and the climate crisis and this worldwide pandemic. But it is really tricky because on the one hand, we need to talk about it, don't we? We need to talk about the reality of the direction we're heading, um, particularly in, in reference to the climate crisis. But we also need to find ways to hold that with hope, right? Otherwise, it's all pretty bleak. As a side note, I want to give a shout out to um, Karakia for Our Climate, a group across Aotearoa who've been holding prayer vigils throughout the time that COP26 was taking place. And in fact, they held one during COP and Rod Oram, who's a very well-known Anglican and climate activist, I would say, here in Aotearoa, he was present and he was at COP um, and he was able to bring back some of the stuff that had been going on at the conference and bring that to inform the various prayers that were taking place. And of course, these were happening via Zoom because we're under pretty heavy restrictions. But I found that really hopeful. I found the weaving in of the frustration, the lament, the fear, but also the prayer and the not just prayer for, you know, generic, right? Like God heal the world, but prayer that's moving us to action. Because I think that's one of the things that prayer can do, is that prayer isn't just about, hey, God, can you fix this? Prayer is about those things that need to be fixed and the things that God cares about being instilled more readily in us so that we can make changes as the body of Christ in the world. So I found that really hopeful. So you've touched on something really important around this idea of apocalyptic thinking being coupled with the idea of hope. And that's 
those are two really important things to hold together around this whole topic of what is this biblical literature that speaks about the end times? What is it really getting at? What is it trying to move us towards? So I'm really aware that in my entertainment life, in the kind of movies and so on I watch and TV programs, the end of the world is a theme that just comes up over and over again. It's there in superhero films, it's there in all sorts of films, certainly zombie genre of which, uh, you know, I'm definitely a fan. But this <laughs> idea of everything's kind of going to heck and what do people do in these terrible situations? And that's my entertainment life. But more recently in my church life, there's a whole lot of stuff in the biblical canon around the end times and what may or may not happen and various predictions and again I don't touch on it too much these days but there was a time when I really did when I was in my teens the first book of the bible I really gravitated towards was the book of revelation no way really of all the books (laughs) yeah look I was quite passionate about it definitely got into a lot of rapture theology was really convinced of all of these things are happening and they're happening in my time I was well down that rabbit hole these days I don't talk about it quite so much my preaching life if an apocalyptic passage that's saying something that might fit in with that theology I might skirt around it and just talk about something else entirely because it's not a really central part of my belief system anymore now it was not so much now But it's definitely there, and it is there around uh, times like Advent, because Advent isn't just preparation for Christmas. It's kind of preparing ourselves for a time at the end of time where Christ returns. And this is one of the things. The Advent uh, is is not just Christ appearing at Christmas and, and a memory of an event. It's actually a looking forward to the future when Christ returns and all things are set right. Now, again, I don't know that I completely sign up to that, but that's part of what the season is about and what it's trying to communicate. Yeah, I like that. When you're talking, I get the sense that in a way we're looking back and we're looking forward at the same time. And so it puts us in this strange sort of almost juxtaposition, but not really, where we need to consider the immense significance of the birth of Christ and the way that Christ's birth and life and death have shaped this new way of being. But also the fact that that particular moment in history is not where all of that ends, that it's ongoing, it's continuing. And those themes of rebirth and regeneration, dare I say it, actually are still things that we're hoping for and we're looking for and we're looking to Christ for. To be in those two places at once is a tricky thing to manage, I think, as preachers, but also as, you know, just anyone in the church to kind of hold those different things together. And for me, it's a little bit like the way we hold the apocalyptic theme and the theme of hope together, right? They're they're sort of two different things, but they relate immensely. And so I think Advent is a really interesting time for me. I really enjoy it alongside Lent, probably one of my favorite seasons in the church year. So yeah, it's awesome to talk about it. If we think about the book of Revelation, which I already mentioned, for example, which is, it's not the only case of apocalyptic literature in the Bible, but it's probably the best known, certainly the best known of the New Testament. Um, but as I say, it, apocalyptic ideas are sprinkled right throughout the Bible. But with the book of Revelation, if we put it into its context and say, hang on, what was going on at the time that this was written? What was it trying to communicate? What's the deeper message? And it's not actually all 
catastrophe and buildings being destroyed and riders coming and spreading plagues throughout the earth and all of this kind of stuff. That imagery's there. But if we put it in its historical context, we see that there were a number of Christians being quite seriously persecuted under the Roman Empire at the time that this text was written. And if we look at it through that particular lens, we can see that really, Revelation, yes, there's all this catastrophe and so on, but at the end, there's all this restoration. Everything's put right. Justice prevails. There is a new world. There's new life. There's goodness that ultimately comes out of it. So you can get caught up in the details and everything that's going wrong, or you can look beyond that to the end of the story, which says, and it's all put right in the end. So it very much has that kind of Disney happy ending uh, thing. (laughs) And what it's trying to say is, for people who are in a place of persecution who are experiencing all kind of hardship and, and atrocities, the message really is, yeah, things are going to get worse maybe, but actually they will win out in the end. Things will be right in the end. You will be restored. Things will be good. So there is this message of hope that's caught up in it. The Hollywood apocalypses, maybe not so much. Sometimes if you're someone like me who follows The Walking Dead, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> we never quite get to that happy ending, which is one of those dynamics. But but in the biblical record, in these ancient apocalypses, very much reach a point of restoration and completion. Uh, and that's what it's trying to communicate. And again, Advent is picking up on some of that theme, not saying that things aren't bad. There are all sorts of things that are bad in the world, and actually uh, some of the readings very much pick up on that, but there's also trying to communicate this idea of, and there are things to hope for too. There is the possibility of goodness prevailing, uh, and we can participate in bringing that goodness into the world. Yeah, I think the participation part is really key for me, because growing up I was exposed to this idea theologically that the world would end and that we would get a new world. Now, of course, this is a huge topic (laughs) theologically, but I think the participation part is key here because if we are to live with this understanding that everything that we see is going to be destroyed and no matter what we do, that's going to happen, And then we're just going to get this new slate, right, with a new world that will start at the beginning of, you know, when Jesus comes back or returns, is it kind of takes away any participation. And for me, that started to really interrupt my understanding around what it means to be the body of Christ in the world, that we can actually be participants in the restoration of all things, the reconciliation of all things. And of course, this comes to a head when we talk about climate justice, right? And so interestingly, when I was reading the text for this coming Sunday, I was reading it through, I've read it through a number of times. The main thing that I got from it was stay alert. And, you know, I'm not asking you to give a big exegetical review of my interpretation here, but I guess what I'm saying is that these apocalyptic texts Yes, while they say there will be healing and restoration, I think there is an element of warning. And I think that's something we shouldn't ignore as well. Because as you know, people, you know, climate activists all around the world are saying, look, it's not going to do it itself. You know, (laughs) the world's not going to heal itself without us making some seriously drastic changes. Now, when you read this text, it gives emphasis on drunkenness and you know make sure you're not caught unexpectedly like in a trap that sort of thing and of course there's so much to unpack there in terms of where the text is going and in the historical context but as a whole generally I like to look at these texts both as 
a hope for things being restored, but also as a call for action, to be honest, because I think that we can become really complacent in not being part of that healing and restoration that I believe Christ is calling us to be a part of. So Sarah, I'm wondering what the state of your garden is at the moment. (laughs) It's almost like you are asking me at a very opportune time because it's been locked down, right? Yep. So we've had kids at home and things have been quite intense. Now, as we speak, there is someone due to come to our house for a quote on weeding and lawn mowing because it's just gotten out of control. I am in two minds about this, right? Because I look out at the garden, just reminding you, you asked the question here, Richard, um, and it is completely overgrown. Now, I am aware that the word overgrown actually is a concept that means that, hey, maybe we should all have our lawns really short and we shouldn't have (laughs) our bees visiting our gardens and we, you know, overgrown implies that it's too grown, right? But actually, if we're thinking in terms of regeneration, I'm looking at my garden right now out the window and it looks awesome. It looks messy. It looks untidy. Like, let's just say that. But at the same time, I'm seeing more bees. I'm seeing things growing in there that I have never seen growing before. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to say, there are mushrooms. Like, it is next level. And the weeds in themselves, while they need to be taken care of, actually are gorgeous. And we've got grass that's probably up to 60 centimetres long in places. So you asked, that's the answer. It's looking pretty chaotic, but I'm kind of enjoying it and feeling in two minds about cutting it all away. So the reason I asked that, and firstly, look, our garden's in a very similar state. Phew. Okay, that's actually quite good to hear. <laughs> but I know in my Christian journey, as I moved beyond reading books like Revelation and being really convinced that all this was happening now, and I engaged more with the gospel stories and various um, passages, and particularly some of the teaching passages of Jesus, I know that there's this refrain that he continues to use. And over and over again, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. And then he goes, And it's like this. And he gives an example. And probably the best known example is when Jesus says the kingdom of God is like, or the realm of God or the reign of God is like a mustard seed. And what we often miss in our context, right, is this idea that the mustard seed is not a great, wonderful tree at all. In the ancient world, it's totally a weed. (laughs) It's a weed that spreads out. And if you let it get away, it takes over everything. But what I really like about that is that Jesus isn't pointing to some far off distant future. Jesus is saying all of this, all of this new life that God's bringing into the world, it's right here, right now. And this is what I thought when you talked about being alert, that this is what Jesus was pointing to saying, there's all sorts of goodness coming into the world and we can help that goodness come into the world if we pay attention to where it is. Absolutely. Maybe you need to look out at that garden, Sarah, and go, maybe this is the goodness I can bring into the world right now and we should leave those weeds where they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny you say that. I I mean, I do a weekly um, image or piece of art based on our uh, lectionary readings. And it's one of the things that you mentioned there is, you know, being uh, being attentive, right? Or, or watching and looking and seeing the goodness that's already there and recognizing what's being cultivated right in front of us, right? And it's funny you say that because that was the inspiration for my image this week. If you want to have a look at that, it's um, SarahLeeWest.art is my handle. 
or you can go to physiolectio.com. Sorry, doing a shameless plug here. But then again, I don't make any money from it. It's just out of joy. And the image is of a hand holding a watch up in the other hand, coming and turning the notifications on or off, depending on how you interpret it. And ahead of this person is a fig tree. And of course, the fig tree is really prominent in this week's, the Sunday's reading. And so for me, when I was thinking about this, I thought this could be interpreted a number of ways. Is the person switching off their notifications on their digital media in order to keep alert, to look at what's around? Or is it to turn notifications on so that you are more alert to what's happening in the world and attuned to what is happening all around us in ways that could invite participation in the healing and restoration of our world. So I thought I'd drop that in there. Nice little tie-in to what we've just been talking about. And of course, my garden, which I'm really tempted to leave growing now. Thanks, Richard. And Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) As we move into this weekend. I'm really looking forward to Advent this year. You know, it's just been one of those years and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Christmas decorations, tinsel everywhere. As Micah, I'm sorry, that's one of my children, keeps informing everyone you can never have too much tinsel. I'm inclined to agree with her. Absolutely. And if you're keen to plug into something that's happening during Advent as well, you can check out the Nativity Project NZ, the Nativity Project letter N, letter Z. That will, as part of our healing and restoration of the world, lead you to this opportunity to come if you're in Auckland uh, to see a live growing nativity installation that's happening outside Holy Trinity Cathedral in Parnell and that will be developing throughout Advent, literally growing throughout Advent and it will offer you the chance to purchase one or more native trees to be planted in Aotearoa. So that's a pretty cool thing to get plugged into after the theme of this podcast. Well, once again, uh, we've come to the end of another podcast. Thanks for talking with me, Sarah, about all things Advent. And once again, all of our strange and interesting musings. We hope you've been interested. (laughs) Just to let you know, if you are an Auckland person and you are interested, Ordinary Saints is beginning to run some events again. So if you haven't checked any of our social media recently, do do that. There are events coming up in Advent and we would love to see you in person. What a strange thought. Oh, what a great thought. I know, it's wonderful. Dare I say it, I'm feeling more hopeful already. Oh, how advent of you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see you again soon. See you soon.